The scripture this morning is from the fifth chapter of Matthew. Jesus said to the disciples, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you, if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks, Kelly. Clearly, I drew the short straw on the preaching schedule. I want to tell you I'm feeling fine, but my voice has gone a couple octaves lower. Um, and again, I'm grateful that I'm preaching right now and not chanting. Um, but I have my water with me, so I think I'm going to be fine. In 1991, the pastor at my church entered the pulpit like a typical Sunday morning. Then he paused and he looked at all of us and told us in lieu of a written sermon he had decided instead to talk about the news of the day. Magic Johnson surprised retirement from the NBA due to the news that he had contracted the HIV virus. At that time, we did not know that that virus could be managed with medication. And so there was rampant fear about contracting the disease and also about treating it. Johnson's announcement brought all of this to light. I can't remember the entirety of the sermon that day, 
but I remember it spoke into the unspoken things we could only dare to speak about as a church 30 years ago. And it may have been one of the first times in my lifetime that I felt that we challenged ourselves to think that God has something to say about such things. Instead of the Bible being a book of should or should not, or a rule book that prescribes forever the way our lives should be lived. Instead, that day, the Bible was alive, breathing in and out with our questions and our unchartered next steps. The Bible spoke truth, not in black and white, but with skin in the game to help us wrestle with what we were confronted with and to have our faith in Jesus be a place to open up a conversation rather than close it. To both reveal and reform and always to bring us back to God and to each other. When I hear this story, this reading from Matthew, I have the same feeling that I had back in 1991. Jesus speaks about real things today, anger, forgiveness, adultery, divorce, being direct and honest with our words rather than covering them in niceties. Jesus dares to speak to us about topics we face and topics that we cannot escape. Why then is the church so uneasy or at times silent about talking and responding to these things that Jesus steps right into. Our epiphany theme of behold, and this week it's stress. All the things that we will talk about today are stress producing. Talk to someone who has been wounded by another's anger, or try to be a colleague with one who holds unprocessed anger in their hearts. Check in with people who are holding on to a grudge from long past, call someone today who is walking through a divorce. Look into the eyes of someone whose partner has broken a promise of intimacy. Stress and trauma abound in these situations. They can rupture trust, identity, families, and communities. But Jesus does not leave us here as victimizer and victim. He comes to bring light in the shadows and for God to speak into the unspeakable, for God to show up not to avoid these topics, but instead to speak life into them. Way back when, God spoke commandments to Moses and the people and said, do these things and all will go well with you and your children. The law was given to help us to help our neighbors, to give us all life. And we must remember today that these words from Jesus are still in his initial sermon, the sermon where he walked up to a mountain to look down on all that was seen and unseen around him. The crowd that had gathered today had seen firsthand how Jesus entered the alleys in the back rooms to reveal the forgotten and the pushed around, to heal the illness, and to bring back those who had been isolated. 
And so Jesus had something to say to these people in the world about the perceived power systems and the written rules to call out the loopholes and carve a way forward to show how God is revealed. Jesus does not come to abolish the law, but to dwell there, to speak into the law with clarity, curiosity, and compassion, and to find the treasure and the life. I have to say today that so many people have been hurt by the church around these topics. They have left the church and not come back, thinking they were judged and not fully forgiven after a divorce, only to hear about the insurmountable requirements then for remarriage. The church has condemned adultery and then overlooked it in other cases to protect those in power. Organized religion for many is a nest of hypocrisy, people saying one thing and then doing another all of which is devastating because we are all saints and sinners and God comes to bless us in the brokenness, to heal, reconcile, so we may live again. If the church can't claim the promise of truth-telling, of forgiveness, reconciliation, and resurrection, then who can? As Richard Rohr, a great spiritual leader of our time, says, we have a choice in this life in what to do with pain. Transmit it or transform it. The church is called to be the trusted community, to name the stress and the pain and the suffering, and then to trust in how the Holy Spirit comes to heal, to recreate, to transform and connect us back to God and one another. Still, this scripture is so hard to dwell in. I'm a preacher and a pastor with all the training that is required in this role, but I'm not an expert in human relationships and the depths of these topics extensively. So I have invited the marriage and family therapists among us at Mount Olivet to enter into this conversation to talk about these topics and what they experience as they listen and work with these difficult things. So a special thanks today to Don Strumman and Vicki Elliott and Tiffany Leupold and Carla Berkeley. It has made me think of these women and other people called into the trenches so people can dare to find the sources of their anger and be freed, to process through feelings and tangled relationships with someone who has clarity, skill, and compassion, to be with people to work through these most difficult things so they can be whole and live. What I'd like to do today is just talk through these topics that Jesus talks about, not necessarily answers, but truth-telling, and us coming to God to ask the question, what do you say about these things, and where are we called? Anger. Jesus begins with the fifth commandment, thou shall not murder, but Jesus continues. Killing is not limited to the ending of a physical life. 
Killing can come through words, action, neglect, and the abuse of power. Ask any middle schooler about the power of peers. Life, as their tender hearts know it, can be snuffed out simply with words written in cyberspace and those spoken out loud in the hallways. It is known that a bully is someone who is wounded, one who chooses to take their own insecurity and pain out in lashing out to others. Unprocessed anger tangles and clogs the spirit and ultimately has the power to kill both the oppressor and the oppressed. As one of our therapists said, anger is a sign we are in danger and it can be a powder keg waiting to explode. So the work then is to process and get at the source of anger to release the pressure. And often, our culture sees anger as power rather than an ailment. The louder you yell, the more attention you get. Again, as one therapist shared, anger becomes addictive. But anger held imprisons the body, and it holds it, and one is never free. Forgiveness and reconciliation. Jesus knows the weight of a grudge, the anvil that can form on our heart. It can hold us from life and keep us from each other. One therapist shared anger, not forgiving someone, is staying in a toxic relationship with that person. We think we can cut off and walk away but when you haven't forgiven, you're still in relationship. And forgiveness needs to come to ourselves so then we can forgive others. If you are in conflict with another person, then you are not in right relationship with God, Jesus says. Tend to that before you can freely offer yourself in the world. We intentionally begin worship each week with confession and forgiveness so we can be freed, receive the gift, and then open to receive the word of God and be fed and forgiven. These are not just words that we wrotely say. This is what we need to stay alive. It's our way of being. Adultery. As one therapist shared, adultery is human weakness, the choice to turn a blind eye to the feelings of others and focus on self. Sometimes adultery is a lifeboat out of a difficult relationship, which is not fair because the other person holds all the pain while the person in the lifeboat gets a new view and focus. When adultery occurs, the other's identity is dishonored, devalued, and wounded. Promises are broken, and often the one breaking the promise holds the shame of what they have done, but they're unable to speak it. Admitting the wrong and repairing what has been damaged is the most difficult work. Jesus says that adultery is not limited to physical infidelity, but also objectifying comments and connecting too deeply emotionally in other relationships. Our culture is beginning to shift with the Me Too movement, 
women daring to speak of harassment, especially in the workplace, and the oppressors finally being held accountable for their abuse of power, their words, and their actions. Here in the Minneapolis Area Synod, all church staff members are required to attend a full-day boundaries training to be aware of harassment, intentional and unintentional, and the power and authority that each one of us holds in our shared work together. Divorce. Jesus is clearly speaking into a patriarchal society where women were considered property, where men could choose for any reason to divorce their wife. Jesus says in the Gospels, and the two shall become one flesh. Divorce, then, is the ripping of flesh, and that hurts. It breaks apart structures in life that support us, but it takes two people to make a marriage work, and one person cannot do it on their own. Statistics tell us that 50% of first marriages will end in our divorce. So our work then is to tend to this, not ignore it. That is why here at Mount Olivet, couples are required to meet with a licensed marriage and family therapist, to meet one-on-one -on -one for multiple sessions and take the prepare inventory and to talk through expectations around marital roles, intimacy, finances, family, communication, and their families of origin, to surface areas of avoidance and conflict, and to take away the stigma that going to a therapist is bad. It's self-care. Every relationship is imperfect and is need of focused time to talk through and to be honest. And there's a story in each divorce. For some reason, we go to the scandal and the opportunity if one chooses to listen to another about the hurt, the loss of a future, and then work towards forgiveness and new beginning. But this is so hard because divorce is always public. Oaths. Jesus speaks here of being forthright with our words and our attentions. Don't pretend to be concerned when you are not, and don't bring God's name in for some kind of credibility. Both words and actions are imperative in our relationships of trust. So many questions, not always answers, but God chooses to speak and call us to be a community where we can talk about these things. There is much to process and much to continue to learn. And I think our nugget of good news today is that Jesus speaks in to these things that we would rather avoid. To claim all people as children of God and to honor each other in all that we do because this earthly life matters. We are broken and we are imperfect. And that is why God comes into the stress, into the weeds and mire of people and relationship with a promise that forgiveness and healing are possible. 
May we as a community be a place where we can be truth tellers, to be honest with each other, and to know what it's like to be human, not to judge, but to accompany, to listen to each other's story, and honor, respect, and support each other in the stress and the pain. And may we be a community that trusts in this living word that will speak, is speaking, and breathing into each story and situation, forgiving and healing and transforming. And may we trust always that God has something to say about these things. Amen.